can hear me, let me hear you honk your horn. Hey! That's what I'm talking about. Okay, stop it. That's good. Man, I wish you guys were awake like that on a normal day around here. It is so good to see you guys. You guys have never looked more awesome. I wish that I could hug your neck or shake your hand, but we're practicing social distancing this Easter. This is an Easter like none other, is it not? And I apologize for wherever you're sitting right now because you might be seeing the the side of me that's not the best, okay? And so uh, you're gonna have to determine what side that is. But we are so glad you guys are here with us. Happy Easter, everyone. Uh, We pray that this is a great experience and weekend for you guys. You know, as I think about Easter, I'm reminded of some things. First of all, I'm standing on a platform that's extremely high tonight. And so there's, we're breaking all OSHA rules, I'm sure right now, are we not? Uh, But you know, when I think about Easter, I'm reminded that Easter is not about colored eggs. It's not about pastels or new nice outfits. I, I, I can't tell what you guys are wearing. Some of you did at least wash your vehicles today, and that's a good thing. You did prepare for our worship time tonight. Uh, it's not about necessarily the meals that I know that many of you guys will be experiencing here over the course of the next few hours with your family and friends. The reality of it is this, Easter is about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Are you with me today? It is about the resurrection of Jesus. Now, you guys probably knew that though, didn't you? You see, here's the reality of Easter. So many of us know the Easter story. We've heard it at least once a year. And for some of you, for many, many years over the course of your lifetime. It's probably safe for me to say that for those of you listening here tonight, you know the details of what this weekend is all about when it comes to the Christian faith. In fact, some of you probably could be up here where I am tonight, and you probably could be the ones to deliver this message. You know the what of Easter. But tonight... Here's what I want us to do. I want us to begin to understand the why. You know, we we, we do a good job oftentimes of explaining what, but why did Easter happen? Why would we go through through these extremes in order to, to connect with you today with this message? There's an important why. And if you guys will just hang in there with me for the next few moments, I I want to unpack and share with you the why of Easter. We have been in a series here at 1910 Church entitled The Cross. And for the last several weeks, we've been preaching on the cross. And and, and, and people are like, why would you be preaching about the cross even, even on Easter? Because the reality of it is this, you cannot have an empty tomb without a cross. Are you with me today? You must have a cross in order for this message today to be something that, well, it's, it's, it's worthy. It's important. It is, it is meaningful. You, you can't have an empty tomb without first thinking and looking at the cross. And so over the last few weeks, we've been looking at this emblem. And by the way, did our worship team not just kill it tonight with that incredible rendition? Yeah, somebody 
somebody just shouted me out there. All right. Uh, uh, the cross is a big deal. And we've been talking about the cross for the last several weeks. We've talked about it being an emblem. It is an emblem of God's love. You need to know something. If you don't hear anything else, I say, God loves you. And he loves you so much that he sent his one and only son to die on a cross for you. We said that the cross was not only an emblem of God's love, but it was an emblem of sin. An innocent man went to that cross, remember? But a guilty man in the process died. Why? Because Jesus took on my junk and my funk and yours as well. Not only is it an emblem of God's love and an emblem of sin, but last week, praise God, we talked about how the cross is an emblem of forgiveness. Aren't you thankful for that? Aren't you thankful that we have the, the potential to be forgiven of all of the junk in our lives, all of those wrong things that we've ever done? that we can be forgiven, that we don't have to walk around in bondage and, and under this weight of condemnation any longer, that because of the cross, this emblem of suffering and shame, yes, but we can also be forgiven. Hallelujah. Well, today I want to wrap up this series called The Emblem. And I want us to look at an aspect of the cross well, here's what I want you to see tonight. The cross is an emblem that changes a person. The cross is an emblem that changes a person. And, and, and I want to look at one verse of scripture in particular tonight that, that, that reiterates, that's, that, that, that tells me that very truth that I just shared with you. It's one verse of scripture in this, in this great story of, 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 of Jesus's arrest and, and the betrayal and, and the beating and the crucifixion. And, and it, it is, it's one verse in this, this story that most of us are familiar with that, that if we're not careful, we miss this one verse about how this cross, this emblem can change a person. It's, it's kind of tucked away in there. And, and, and we like to, to, to read other aspects of this story, but, but I'm telling you, this one verse is huge. It's huge. And it's a verse that's from the perspective of the centurion that was present when Jesus died on the cross. I, I want us to look at the perspective of this centurion that was there. Now, what do we know about centurions? Well, we know this about Rome. When, when, when Rome occupied a territory, they would send legions of their soldiers to those occupied territories. A legion of Roman soldiers was made up of, of 5,000 men. And within these legions, there would be 50 centurions, kind of the leader of, of a group of 100. So out of 5,000, you, you would have a centurion that, that would become the leader of, of 100 men. That's why he's called a centurion. And we know that these centurions were the best of the best in the Roman army. That they were not just some raw green cadet that had just finished basic training. These were hardened soldiers. These were men that had to prove their salt. They were the toughest. They were the baddest. They were the best. Think of any military branch that, you, that comes to your mind, your favorite. And, and I want you to think of the best of the best in that branch. That's what these Roman centurions were. These guys were hardened soldiers. They had seen it all. 
Keep in mind that when Rome would occupy a territory, they were not oftentimes welcomed, were they? They were the enemy. They were oftentimes sent into hostile territories in order to keep the peace, to subdue the crowds and the masses of people. Most people, when, when Rome occupied a territory, did not like the Roman rule and law. And so you constantly had uprising. You constantly had these revolts and these centurions would take their 100 men and they would squelch it. They would put an end to it. Now, what do we know probably about this centurion that we're gonna read about tonight? Well, this centurion and his, his men were probably the ones, well, they were the ones that were, were, were with Jesus throughout the entire ordeal that we know as his, probably the, 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 the betrayal in, in the Garden of Gethsemane. This centurion that I'm about to read to you about was probably there. He, he was with, he and his men were, were with Jesus and, and the high priest and the Sanhedrin and the leaders when, when they would take Jesus before Pilate, back to Caiaphas' house, back to Pilate once again. This centurion that we're gonna look at tonight was probably the one that gave the directives for everything that we know took place in the life of Jesus when he was arrested. He, he was the one that, that trained his soldiers to make the criminal as miserable as possible. He, he would probably no doubt be the one that, that when the crucifixion was over would be the one that would hurl the spear into the side of the, of the person on the, on, hanging on the cross just to make sure that they were deceased. This was a bad dude. And, and, and this centurion, this, this leader did not really care how his soldiers treated the criminals. Keep in mind, crucifixion was reserved for the worst of the worst. The, 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 the people that, that were just unspeakable. And so this centurion did not care how his men treated the criminals condemned to die. He didn't give a rip. And so when we read about Jesus being flogged and scourged and beaten, almost to the point of death, this centurion probably stood there and watched and he didn't care. He, this centurion didn't care when, when his men fashioned a, a, a wreath of, of, of thorns and, and crammed it on the brow on the head of Jesus. He probably was standing right there just watching and, and, and he did not really mind what they were doing to Jesus. He, he, he didn't care when they begin to insult and ridicule and, and throw a robe on Jesus's bludgeoned body and, and, and begin to insult and mock him and make fun. Here he is, the king. This centurion did not care about any of those antics that you and I are familiar with, with this thing called the Easter story. In fact, he probably was, was really tickled. He probably was excited when his men kind of took it over the top a little bit. He's a bad dude, mean, cruel. Why would I want us to focus on this man with Easter? Isn't Easter supposed to be pleasant? Isn't it about an empty tomb? Isn't it about, you know, lilies and, and rejoicing and celebration? It is, my friends, but there's something that takes place that I want every one of you to understand today because this centurion was present through the whole ordeal of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, it did something to him that it can do to every one of you that are listening to me. It can change your life. 
it can change your life. Because if you'll read with me what it says in Mark chapter 15, this one verse, after hours of Jesus hanging on the cross, after hours of him being beaten and ridiculed, we read this one verse that tells me that the cross can change your life. Here's what it says. Mark 15 verse 38 excuse me, 39. When the Roman officer who stood there facing him saw how he died, he exclaimed, this man truly was the son of God. Are you kidding me? That is a big verse in the Easter story. This Roman centurion upon Seeing how Jesus died somehow has a change of perspective. He has a change of heart because he makes a declaration that that I believe is the greatest declaration that any person on earth will ever make. This man truly was the son of God. Hallelujah. What took place? What happened during these hours that would change the hardest of hearts and soften it to the reality that Jesus is who he says he is? There's no doubt that this Roman centurion had participated in dozens of crucifixion, probably hundreds of crucifixions during his lifetime, during his leadership. But there is something different here in Mark chapter 15 about this death. I mean, think about it. There's something in, in this death that was different. And I think this is important for us to understand. This centurion makes this declaration in Mark chapter 15 long before the resurrection ever happens. You see, you and I can read the story. We know how it ends. We know that three days later, the tomb is empty and it's easy for us to say, oh yeah, now I get it. Now I believe that Jesus is who he says he was. This centurion in Mark 15 makes that declaration long before the grave is ever empty. It messed him up in a good way. It changed his life. What was it that took place This was a different type of death than he had ever experienced before. Uh, There's no doubt that that, that, that Jesus probably received ridicule and persecution, probably to an extent like none other than ever received during the centurion's lifetime. And, And the length of it. Most people didn't live long after the original beating that they took from Roman soldiers. Now they didn't beat them to death because that would break the law. They, they, they left them just barely alive before they took them to their place of, of real death. But this, this Jesus guy hung on longer, probably more than any other person this Roman centurion had ever crucified. His death was, was, was different. I mean, it, just think about, uh, about the times. It was a, not only a different death, but it was a different time. We, we know that just a few days earlier, this centurion was probably present when he saw the crowds welcoming Jesus into Jerusalem. He probably was there. He, he had probably heard them yelling, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes. And, and, and now, just a few days from that time, now all of a sudden they wanna, they wanna kill him? You, you were just singing his praises, but now you want him to die? It's a different, different time. 
And, and oh, I'm telling you, out of all these crucifixions that this Roman centurion, I'm telling you, if you know anything about what took place when Jesus died, hey, did, 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 did the earth not react differently that day? Come on. There was an earthquake when Jesus died. The, 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 the temple veil was ripped from top to bottom. I'm sure the centurion had never experienced anything like that amongst all the other crucifixions he had overseen. And oh, can, can, the, the earth goes dark for three hours? Whoa, they became so terrified and afraid. And oh, if that was not enough, can you imagine? This is what took place during this crucifixion. Hey, graves of the saints opened up and dead bodies begin to rise from the grave? Come on, this centurion, no doubt, was weirded out. This was a death like he had never experienced before. Not only was it a different death in a different time, but this was a different man that he saw hanging on that cross. I mean, think about it. Who hangs on a cross and, and, and doesn't constantly groan and yell out and bellyache and plead for mercy. Jesus didn't do any of that. Who, 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 who hangs on a cross during a crucifixion and, and looks at the people next to them and says, you know what? I, I forgive you. I forgive you. And oh, what hardened criminal during his death ever says, you know what? I want to forgive you right now for putting me here. No other criminal had ever done that but Jesus. What other criminal in this centurion's history of taking lives had, had ever been more concerned about other people present versus his own? I'm telling you, Jesus died a different death because Jesus is a different man. Are you with me today? He died like none other. And this centurion is watching all of that, all of that. And he watches how Jesus dies. And we read that declaration he makes that this man truly was the son of God. This Roman centurion, this man who no doubt was steeped in sin meets God at Calvary and changes his life. Now, why would I share that with you today? Because I want every one of you listening to this message to know something. You are not too far gone and your heart, heart is not too hard in which the love of God cannot break through and change you. The, the, the cross upon which Jesus died at Calvary that changes this Roman centurion's life, I'm telling you, can break through the windshield of your vehicle right now. It can intercede into the room that you're watching this message on and God can meet you there and he can change your heart. Are you with me today? Come on. He can meet you and he can change you. You know, that shouldn't surprise us because that's just like God, is it not? That, that, that's just exactly what God does. God is always able to take the very best shot that the devil gives and he turns it into some glorious outcome, does he not? He takes the best shot the enemy can give and he takes it and he turns it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it 
for good. I think that's worthy of a honking of a horn right now. Wow, that's awesome. You guys need to be awake our first Sunday back together like that, amen? I want you to know, friend, I don't know how you view yourself, but you're not too far gone in which the love of God cannot meet you tonight. God is always able to take the best shot. God is always able to take the person who, who maybe society or others have labeled as, as, as too hardened and too far gone. And he's always able to change a person's life. That's the story of Easter. That's what it's all about. And, and let me just remind you of something. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. It's not how you start. You see, if, if the story would have ended with the crucifixion of Jesus at about, oh, six hours into it, maybe five, six, whatever, if it would have ended there, if, if it would have ended, if Jesus would have fallen and collapsed on his way to Calvary because of he just losing everything within him. It, it, listen, that, that, that wouldn't be the, that, that we wouldn't be here tonight, would we? It's not how you start. In this great Easter message and story, it's not how the crucifixion of Jesus starts. It's not how this story starts in the upper room with the disciples on, on Thursday night. No, the, the reason we're here tonight is because it's not how the story started, but how it's finished. And, and I want you to know that tonight. I don't know where you're at on the radar when it comes to faith and when it comes to God and when it comes to, to Jesus. But I just do know this, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. That this centurion started this day a certain way, but in the process of, of God coming into his life, it changed him and he didn't finish the way he started. Are you with me today? Death. It's the Easter story, is it not? I mean, think about it. Death, Easter is the most celebrated death in history. We talk about other people's deaths, but not to the extent that we talk about the death of Jesus. Are you, do you agree with that? We, 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 we celebrate and we talk about it. We mourn over it. And we spend weekends and we go to great lengths to celebrate it. We put, we put overweight, bald-headed guys on tall platforms where he could have a concussion if he falls off. Why? Because we believe that this death stands out at, out of all the deaths in history. You need to know something about death though. Death was never a part of God's original plan. You know that, right? Death was never a part of God's original plan when he set everything in motion. Disease and sickness were never a part of God's original plan. Life was a part of God's plan. But we know that, 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 that in all of creation, at some point, this thing called sin enters the world. Adam and Eve, you, you may have heard that as well in your understanding of the Bible, right? And when Adam and Eve ushered this thing called sin into our history, that's when death and illness and sickness comes in. Hey, listen, God's plan was never that we grow old and die and lose our hair and pack on some, some poundage. That was never his plan. But this thing called sin has severely jacked up 
what God created. And so therefore we needed Jesus. We, we, we needed someone to step in into this sin-ridden, sin-problemed world. We needed someone to make things right again. And that's why Jesus came. You see, that's the Easter message. You see, death died when Christ died. Death died actually when Christ rose from the grave, did it not? You see, that's why Jesus came. In fact, I love this verse of scripture in John chapter 11. Death died when Christ rose. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Wow. You see, that's what gives me great hope, especially during these times in which we live in. Because death is not the end of my story. Physical death here is not the end of my story, just as it was not the end of the story on Easter. You see, Satan thought he had won. He thought he had delivered the final blow, the final kill shot, you might say. But Christ spoiled that, did he not? When he rose from the grave. And you know what the hope is for all of us listening today? Is that for those of us that place our faith and our trust and give our lives to Jesus Christ, check this out. Death is not the end of your story either. Did you know that? It's not the end of your story. Although these physical bodies in which we possess may one day fade and pass away, that's just the beginning. In fact, can I just remind you that when Jesus was on the cross, some of the final words, he said, it wasn't, I am finished. He said, it is finished. Come on, somebody. Jesus was just getting started. He was just getting started. It wasn't finished. He wasn't finished. It was finished. You might say, well, Jason, what was finished? I'll tell you what was finished when Jesus died on the cross. Feeling miserable was finished. You lacking joy was finished. You trying to be good enough was finished. You trying to measure up to other people's expectations. That's what was finished. You know what else was finished? You feeling worthless. You, you feeling like you have no purpose or meaning or direction. That's what was finished. Hey, you know what else was finished? The devil in your life was finished because Jesus rose from that grave that day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so what, what does that mean for me? If death is not part of, of God's story, if that's not what he's intended, what, what did he intend for us to have life? He wanted you to have life. In fact, in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says this, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Guys, can I tell you something today? Death is not your story. Life is. That's your story. Death is not your story. Life is. And I know that you know what I'm talking about. God wasn't finished with you. And he's not finished with every one of you listening here. And there is a life that he gave up his so that you might experience. First Peter chapter one, verse three says, all praise to God, the father, our Lord Jesus Christ. 
It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Hallelujah. Friends, listen. If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, Easter means that you're gonna live forever. You're gonna live forever in his presence. You're gonna live a life on this earth that no one else could ever give you. But not only here, God has also promised you an eternity in his presence one day, long after your physical existence here comes to an end. You see, that's Easter because Christ rose from the dead. That is the hope for every one of us listening here today. Easter is about Jesus wanting a relationship with you. Yes, Jesus was born to die, but he was also born to rise again. And you need to know something about Jesus today. He wants you. You may feel like there's no possible way that Jesus could want me, Jason. I'm telling you, you're the person he came for. If he did it for a hardened Roman centurion soldier, do you not think he can step into your world also and change your life? And, and, and let me just remind you of, of, of something that, that I've read in the Bible. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, it says, for the son of man came to find and restore the lost. You know what that means? It means that Jesus is after you and he doesn't want you to live the life that you've been living. He wants to take it up a notch. He wants to transform. He wants to change your life. That's the sole reason he came. He didn't come to make a name for himself. He didn't come to have his name in lights. He didn't come so that people would write books about him for years to come. He came to die for you. I know somebody's excited about that. And as we said last week, it wasn't the nails that held Jesus to the cross on Calvary. Love held him there. His love for you. His love to see you change. His love to see your life altered. His, his love to see you in eternity with him one day. That's what held him there. Not just the nails, but it was love. And so where are you at this Easter? Where are you at? You need to know that there's a battle that is at, waging right now for your life and for your soul. It's a battle the enemy thought he won that day at Calvary. But Jesus had other plans, did he not? He's able to take the enemy's best shot and turn it for good. How can we win this battle? We're in a battle right now. How can we make it through? What, what, what's gonna bring victory? Well, I tell you, the Bible speaks to that. First John chapter five, beginning in verse four says, for every child of God defeats this evil world. Every child of God. And we achieve this through victory because of our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? 
Only those who believe that Jesus is the son of God. My friends, let me remind you, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. You wanna see the victory in your life? It comes through Jesus's resurrection from the dead. You want your life to change and be altered and look a little bit different. You want a new perspective. You want a deeper sense of joy. You, 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 you want, you, I'm telling you, all of that can happen because I saw it in Mark 15 in the life of a Roman soldier. And I believe that it can happen in your life as well. Scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. So that's the why of Easter. The, 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 the why of Easter, why Easter? So that your life could be changed. So that you could be transformed. So that you would never ever live separated from the wonderful love of God. My friend, that is why Easter happens. And so as we wrap this up tonight, let me just ask you, because I know what some of you are asking. How can I come into a relationship with Jesus? How can I have this relationship and experience this life that you're describing? How can I have, have a, a, a change of heart and a new perspective and a new direction in life? How can that happen? I'm glad you asked me that. And I'm going to share with you four things that need to take place in your life so that you can be changed by the cross of Jesus. First of all, you have to admit that you're a sinner. Now, I know what just happened. Some of you choked on that word that I just mentioned, didn't you? Because we don't like to admit that we've got wrong in our lives. We don't like to admit that we've fallen short, that we've dropped the ball. We don't like to admit that we've done bad things that none of us like to. But let me just remind you that every one of you listening have that all in common here today. <laughs> because scripture says in Romans, for all have sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. So in order for you to have this relationship with Jesus, first of all, you've got to admit you're a sinner. Secondly, you need to realize that Jesus died on the cross for you. That he wasn't just there to lay down his life for, for his disciples. He laid down his life for the world. For God so loved the, the world that he gave his son. So you need to realize that you're a sinner. You need to realize that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And then you need to repent of your sins. You need to repent. That means you need to change course. You need to, to turn away from those wrong things, maybe mindsets or actions that you've demonstrated. You need to stop that if you're gonna give your life to Jesus. You need to change some habits. Some, some thought patterns. You're gonna have to repent and turn from that in order to let Jesus transform you. And then next, you just need to ask Jesus to come into your life to be Lord and Savior. That's it. You need to ask him, Jesus, would you come into my life and save me? 
The scripture says that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So is that you tonight? Have you done that very thing? Have you said yes to Jesus? And let me remind you, you're not too far gone. Just as this Roman centurion that stood at the foot of the cross, who was responsible for all of the demonstrations of cruelty that were hurled upon Jesus, he was changed, declaring this man truly is the son of God. Have you made that declaration? So I pray tonight that you would not just know the what of Easter, but I pray that tonight the reality of why Easter sets in to your mind. Listen, I know that for some of you here tonight, you're saying yes to Jesus for the very first time. And we are so excited for that. And we, and we wanna help you follow through and understand what that means to, to, to surrender and give your life to Jesus. And, and, and I wanna ask you to do something for me right now. If, if that's you and you wanna say yes to Jesus, I wanna ask you to, to use your phone or device of some sort. And I need you to text. I need you to text these words. Yes, 1910. Yes, Y-E-S-1910. Text yes, 1910 and text it to the number 97,097,000. I'm saying yes to Jesus. I wanna give him my life. I, I, I wanna be transformed. I wanna be changed by the cross. Yes, 1910 at 97,000. And we wanna follow up with you and help you understand what a life in Christ is all about. Father, I wanna thank you for your presence here and what the enemy's meant for evil and trying to shut down this Easter message. Oh God, once again, you've defeated his best attempt and you are shining through brighter and louder than ever before. Just as he thought he had won, when, when you died on the cross, oh God, three days later, you, you messed him up when you rose from the grave. And Father, my prayer is that someone listening today would understand that you died for them. And because you rose to life, their life does not have to ever be the same. They too can leave. They can lay their old self in the grave and today can be a day of resurrection for them as they say yes to Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would work now. We give you the glory for what's happening in Jesus' name, amen. Before you leave, I wanna bless you. And I'm gonna bless you with these words. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. This might be a different Easter, but so was the one that changed everything for all eternity. He worked the brutal into something beautiful and he can do the same now. Happy Easter.